What's up, everyone? So we just finished recording up episode 23 of our podcast with Paul Jackson, a senior executive at Nova 96.9. Yeah, it was a really good episode where we dove into how he turned around um, the stations Nova and Smooth, who are really lagging behind in the Australian industry. And now they're basically number one and two. So he talked to him a bit about how to turn a business around, some of the leadership skills involved, and a bit about um, the celebrity world and what goes on in that sort of world. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. I think it was interesting hearing about some household names, some artists that all of you know, and kind of their work ethic and what makes them so successful. Um, Cause Paul is quite well acquainted with them. Yeah. But yeah, definitely an episode to check out. You are now listening to the Sachin and Adam show. So today we're with Paul Jackson. who's one of the uh, top officials at Nova Entertainment, which I think everybody knows is one of the biggest radio stations in Sydney. So his official title is the Chief Head of Marketing and Programs, um, but he's really up there at the top of Nova and he's had a lot of success in the radio industry in Australia in turning around Nova and Smooth. And along that, he's had a lot of interesting stories, meeting celebrities and all the sort of powerful people that are involved in that industry. So um, welcome on, Paul. Well, that's the nicest introduction I've ever had. Thank you very much, guys. <laughs> it's that's nice to be num number 23. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul, we'll jump straight into it. Can you tell us a little bit about your story and what got you here today um, in Australia working for Nova? Well, obviously, I'm not Australian. I hail from Scotland originally back in the day. So I, I was lucky, actually, because I grew up in a very um, music and media family. My dad was in radio, so grew up close to it. In fact, I had a bedroom, or, or, or off my bedroom, there was a room we call the music room that had thousands and thousands of, of records in it. So it was a bit like having Spotify, but 35 years ago yeah. and everything was in there. So it helped me have a bit of an encyclopedic knowledge of music growing up um, across the years, but pre Spotify days. Yeah. So, you know, grew up close to the business, but eventually got into it myself. Um, and that's when we moved down to London. I basically moved uh, nine times in nine years, pretty wow. much every year for work. Wow. We were, I was in, were in the South Coast around Brighton, a station called Southern FM. Um, so just doing local radio jobs. At times you're, you're working for nothing, carting up ads as it used yeah. to be then, just to you know, get a foot in the door and be part of it and, and learn stuff, to helping out on the kind of gold stations. And I was like, 19, 20 years old, working with older music that I didn't necessarily even uh, know them all. And um, but you kind of do, you do like to do, you have to do whatever it takes. So then moved over to Kent, moved to Birmingham, moved to Manchester, and lots of times in between that, and eventually ended up at Virgin Radio um, in London. So really, we've gone working from community level radio to um, local radio to regional level radio, yeah. and then to national at Virgin Radio, where I spent the best part of 10 years and was the program oh. director. And then um, the chief executive for a year or two, and then a couple of years at another network called Capital. And then the opportunity arose for me to come out here to Australia. And it was an uh, exciting opportunity. Um, the company was looking to reinvent itself. And the Nova stations have been around for a, a period of time, but weren't going particularly well. So they wanted to um, you know, um, reinvent, if you like, them and attract a new audience. And then they had these uh, uh, other stations that we now know as Smooth FM, but at the time were called Vega and then became Classic Rock. And were very unsuccessful mm. and and to, you know not to too fine a point it probably could, could be fair to say we're called a laughing stock by many um so the biggest challenge of all then was bringing these stations that had lost a lot of money uh and we're doing nothing at that point to 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 reinvent them to launch something new and it's, it's very rare in life in the business that i'm in in radio sector 
that you get the chance to launch brand new radio products that previously didn't exist into really big marketplaces you know, like Sydney or Melbourne with five million people in each each market. So everything I've, I've you know, worked on over the years and loved working on you know, already existed as, as Virgin or, or previous stations to that as a big existing brand. So in Smooth, a whole new set of skills would have to be learned and risks taken because we were launching something into a very crowded Sydney marketplace. We already had highly successful stations like at the time today, FM and Carl Jackie on it and WS and Triple M and Nova itself. And Smooth had to find a pathway in and get an audience. And where was that audience coming from? And why were people going to leave other stations to come to us? How would we market it, position it, all those things? So, you know, the opportunity to, to do that was, was for me to turn down alongside the Nova stuff. And here we are um, in the 10th year, 10 yeah. years later. Smooth's been around for eight years and I'm still here. Yeah, I, I think that, so just to reiterate, a big reason you came to Australia was to start Smooth. And it went from kind of being a radio station that wasn't that well known to becoming one of the, is it one of the biggest radio stations now? Well, it, it didn't exist back then. So it was, yeah, it was, a, it, they turned it into a classic rock station. Um, it w was certainly not making any, any money, revenue or profit at all. And they had to scale back the staff. So they had a couple of attempts on the, the frequency in Sydney 95.3 and in Melbourne 91.5. So the, the company had paid a lot of money for these licenses and really needed them to work. So we launched Smooth. In fact, yesterday was his eighth birthday, 21st of May, 2012. Happy we birthday. Happy birthday, Smooth. <laughs> we didn't even know that until some of, the, some of the listeners told us during the day. Um, and so we had about a four or five month run up to launching it. Um, what, what I would say about Smooth is you, you sort of, you, like anything in business, you begin at the end, have a vision for what is, what is a perfect radio station that we're trying to create sound like and work back from there. So it's not just what it sounds like, it's and also who you're trying to attract. And when you start something new, I think the key thing is to be super focused, laser sharp in who your audience is. So you can't spread it too um, broadly. You've got to really niche the target in. So we, we went for an audience of Smooth initially that was going to be a bit older, maybe didn't even yeah. listen to the radio at the moment because there was nothing on the radio for them that would attract them and probably played a slightly older set of music as well. So we're going for females, older, think like doctors and dentist surgeries and nice relaxing places. Mm. We created a positioner for Sydney called you easy place to relax. So it was an emotive positioner. No one was really doing that. Um, and then we you know, hired all the staff by hand and we hired some unusual people, not necessarily what people expected us to do in terms of already established highly successful broadcasters. We um, went down a different route, looking for great voices and, and bright people who really loved the format. And um, we didn't go for traditional breakfast shows, which is generally two or three people making a lot of noise and um, costing a lot of money as well. But you know, big personality breakfast shows. We, didn't, we went with people you probably hadn't heard of. Yeah. Many people still haven't, to be fair, unless they're close to the station. Um, so it was really done in reverse to everything else. And what you would learn in radio as well, it's all about breakfast time. And when we were doing Smooth, we built this product with the weekends in mind. We asked people to listen at the weekends. We marketed the weekends. So everything about Smooth and what we did was counterintuitive and counter to the way anyone else had really sort of gone about programming radio stations before. So we had, you know, reasonably average, I would say, breakfast numbers, but we became our, our number one for weekend listening. Very quickly after that, the habit creates for night times and then work day and so on. And as you build all the day parts, three or so years in, suddenly the breakfast show is getting more habitual listening as is drive. And within three years, it was a number one product and still number one station in Sydney has been pretty much for, for a number of years now. 
um, uh, riots. It's a story we're very proud of, and there's lots more sort of layers and detail to it than that. But certainly, um, you know, that's a proud moment for me and for the team on Smooth. But I, I was here for a good 18 months before we launched that, working on Nova. When I arrived at Nova, um, I mean, there were great stations and a great brand. It just kind of run its course with, with where it was. Um, and it was coming to sort of maturity phase. And it just didn't have enough audience. It was a bit alternative. It was a bit close to Triple J, really. I mean, it's very appealing for, for young men, but not for the masses. Yeah? And it's not for, the, for where the advertisers wanted to be either. So there's a very different experience there. But what you're up against is a whole lot of staff who are very ingrained, passionate and loyal about the brand and where it currently is. I'm the guy coming in, having to encourage them and work with them on a new vision for why we should move it from here all the way over here. Actually probably get closer to some of our mainstream pop music competitors. So it's a sort of whole journey of bringing people with you internally, seeing those of course that won't come and um, you know, the renewal piece and hiring the right new staff and the right shows and so on. So that takes time, it's like turning around a big oil tanker, that takes time to re reposition, refocus something. On that journey, you start to lose listeners because they notice you've changed. So the existing yeah. listeners you've got, you often lose a few. Therefore, you're now under pressure. It's like being a sports team. You're losing matches as you rebuild, but the, youthful, the new youthful players haven't yet come through. You can't afford to lose too many or you get relegated. So at that point, as you're losing them, you're wanting to get your new messaging out there, but you've still got to build up your head of steam and connect with the audience that currently aren't listening to you, but giving them reasons why they should. So you know, people expect things to happen overnight in this business. So you really have to have such a clear sort of vision for the path that you're on, probably a super confidence in yourself and your own ability to stay on the course and to stay on the journey when all those around you are saying, are you sure? Are you sure you know what you're doing? The ratings aren't improving and so on. Because that, that sort of, it takes time to build. And I think anyone building any brand out there, any business out there, nothing's an overnight success. And it yeah. takes years at it. But you, you really always have to be very clear at the end of that journey. You, you know where you're trying to get to every day. So mm. you can identify when you turn the radio on within minutes, are we getting it right or getting it wrong? Because you're very focused on a target audience and a market. Once you get there, you land on your target and you build that and they're locked onto you, you can start evolving and expanding. So, you know, the smooth stations, if you were to hear them five or six years ago, hear them two years ago and hear them today, they're actually quite different and different in their approach. An easy place to relax has now become Sydney's feel-good station. And the feel-goods thing crept up on the audience as a nice sentiment piece. So it's no longer easy, relaxing, lay back, have a coffee line and so forth, chill out, sentiment about a station. Smooth is now feel-good, feel-up, as you're out and about with the kids, the family, all that, and it's, it's in a younger outlook, the entire tone of the radio station has changed. But if you're in and around it, you don't really notice that. It just moves with the times moves with the sentiment, moves with how we're all feeling and, and what people need. And right now that's what they need, a bit of feel good in their lives. So uh, a lot of my job really, is just about reading the tone and the sentiment, you know, what people are feeling, it's not just reading it on a piece of paper, what the research says, and that can, anyone can research, say a bunch of songs or anything you like, but it's not gonna tell you the leaps you need to take you know, to invent in the future. I mean, everything's been invented, can't be researched. You know, people have to have a gut feel and come up with um, with the answers as well and just be able to take that leap of faith yeah that's a really cool story i don't think not everyone gets to um go into a business and completely turn it around yeah. from one of the sort of worst in your category to one of the best um and so you sort of mentioned this thing about having a vision and i was wondering if after that whole turnaround what are the biggest lessons that you learned from that sort of lessons that um could be transferable to other business leaders 
What would you say are the key ones? It's the same things in whatever business you can apply this exactly the same thinking. Fundamentally, you have to recognize your mistakes. You have to be vulnerable enough to go, we got that wrong, let's get out of it quickly. That key phrase is always fail fast, isn't it? So you've got to be able to try stuff. So for, for both networks as well, we've got this feels like a great idea, let's just try it. You know, if it doesn't work, it's gone next week. Yeah? And in anything you do, then that's got to be the philosophy you take to be courageous enough to take risks. But really, it's not that much of a risk if your gut feels telling you it's the right thing to do, and you've got your own conviction, and you've really thought it through. Um, but if, you know, if something doesn't work out for you, be brave enough to, as I say, fail fast and move, move on. How, how do you do determine when something hasn't worked out? Because I think a lot of people struggle with that balance between trusting their gut feel, right? And, but then also, if everyone's telling you no, how, how do you kind of make that distinction of deciding when, some, when you just give up on something? Well, it's a good point because even with radio shows, they can, they can come good. Or it's like music, some songs come out and they're not a hit the first time, they just don't connect, doesn't mean they're yeah. not bad, but maybe the timing wasn't right as well. So again, yeah, yeah you can have, be surrounded with all the information, the research and everything, but at the end of the day, it comes back to you. And for me personally, I kind of feel like I innately know when I hear it. You know, we have group presenters on air before, sometimes we group music in our meetings on, we think this will work. And after a few plays on air, you go, it's not connecting for, for whatever reason. And yeah, we all get those moments where we get it wrong and it's, it's you know, a surprise to us. Um, but we have to accept it. And I think it's a mindset thing if you're open mm -hmm. to admitting your own mistakes and not getting entrenched and getting too defensive. You've always got to sort of take the view sort of from on top of, and in this case, radio and our product. Always got to be able to be self-critical about it and not just yeah. be defensive of, why did that? Therefore, it must be right. Um, so, you know, we've, we've probably made plenty of mistakes along the way, backed in plenty of things that don't work or tried things on air that haven't really resonated or worked. More often than not, we're going to get it right. But the only way you can learn, evolve and tweak is, is by trying stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. Very applicable to everyone. So in your career, you've been able to hang out and meet some of the um, biggest high status celebrities, um, sort of businessmen, um, even politicians and those sort of people. What have you learned from hanging around those sort of people? The sort of people that not everyone hangs out on with um, on a daily basis? Generally, work ethic, really. I mean, there's two things. I met a few politicians in my time that I always found in real life were much more enigmatic and, and colourful than, than we come across on TV. You do realise how constrained they are, how careful you're being about every word you say and how you present yourself. In the kind of pop music landscape, you know, artists you know, are fortunate enough to work closely with for years or, or know well. Ed Sheeran's probably the, the best example of yeah. you know, a young man with obviously you know sort of old soul, old old brain, who just his work ethic is astonishing. Much like Taylor Swift as well, in the previous sort of generations of that, you even now El Elton John. You know these artists literally get from a bunch of key, key radio stations every week the playlists, and they know every song that's getting played. They right. know when Nova's playing their records or not, or when Z100 or Capital are playing their songs or what artists they are playing. So I've had some fascinating conversations with Ed Sheeran, where he's just obsessing about other artists and what they do, how they do it, and what wow. songs they've got coming, what trends are we seeing, what are the sounds, what direction are we going in, and so on. And you can see with him in his last piece of work, you know, he put a few urban tunes um, and Hispanic tunes and onto that collaborations record. And it was just a brilliant move, and really thought it through into something no one else did. And that breaks up going from one of the best-selling, best albums of all time. He doesn't have to follow that up. He's done something in between, changed the gears. It's a very clever thing to do. and keeps you relevant. Also, pitches him in a much more youthful place, associating himself with all the right artists. Um, 
So, yeah, hang, hanging out with him a, a number of times, um, generally, yeah, even if he's having a few drinks at night and he's, he's got one eye on the next morning. So when he was on tour here the last time and indeed the time before, every day between the shows, he was writing all day. Wow. He'd written some of his biggest hits when he was here. And we had a dinner in Adelaide a couple of years ago. The next morning, he was with a couple of writers just doing sessions. Then one time in Sydney, he laid the vocals for Shape of You. And like, this guy never stops working here. Mm. All day, he's recording. And at night, he's doing a gig in front of 80,000 people. Yeah. Uh, that kind of work ethic that he and the kind of Taylor Swift's and Katy Perry's have. And when Taylor Swift's done a numerous Red Rooms, which is a Nova music brand for us, we did one in Hamilton Island a few years ago. It's incredible to watch the artist prepared to meet every single fan, not just all our winners, and we're about 150 people, spend time with them all one-on-one, -on -one, and that's meaningful time as well, take a genuine interest. All the fans, and there's hundreds of them uh, outside the where, where the venue was on Hamilton Island, are all lined up. She went and spent hours with everybody. It was, it was wow. super impressive to see wow. that they they don't just turn up, do their bit and go, that they really do give everyone the time. They do know everybody's name. They do, they do seem to really care. When artists like that putting in that level of effort, you genuinely get the reward. And when you see them in action, they're really like little businesses. They're, they are their own business, basically. Yeah. And that's what, and the brand is, is the business. And they're very smart. And I, I found that to be the case with the biggest artists these days, um, whether it's The Weeknd or Drake, you see their, their, all their backstories. This is very smart business for people. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because especially coming from like the business world that we're in, we see artists as kind of like magicians that kind of come out, make yeah. some music, like it happens naturally happens to them in the process. But yeah, that, that process isn't really talked about that much. Um, but as a kind of follow up question to what Adam just asked, in terms of the people you've met, who have been the most charismatic and what um, kind of attributes have kind of the greatest communicators you've met had? Well, funnily enough, a lot of pop stars are actually quite introverted. Yeah. Wow. And some of them find it quite hard to come out and do the interviews and stuff. So you think people at Ed Sheeran, I, I think actually are probably you know, in a small group of people around them that they absolutely trust, because they find there's probably not that many people they can trust. Um, so most of those stars, I'm trying to think who isn't. You know, obviously, you've got your Robbie Williams type characters that are larger than life and out there. And lots of the more traditional rock stars of the past, the Liam Gallagher's and stuff, is a different kind of breed. But these days, it really is people writing with people, working in collaborations, all kind of introverted. It's a different type of pop star. It used to be, you think, One Direction, Boy Band, Backstreet Boys, a kind of a look and a process. Uh, these days, there's many more singer-songwriters, or if it's like a Weekend and a Drake, like I mentioned, or a Post Malone. These are all pretty introverted, serious guys. Um, so that's really what I find. I, I can't really think off the top of my head who would be the really kind of, um, sort of extroverted, larger than life ones. I Is there any, the, like, the evolution of music? In world that's like that. Hey, anyone in the kind of your business dealings, uh, like with Nova and stuff, that have been like kind of very. Oh, sure, but you know, you, you find it's the bigger, older characters. I mean, there's great music promoters in this country, like Michael Gudinski and Michael Chug, and these guys own the room and dominate the space. Or Dennis Hanlon at Sony, who's had a, a, a wonderful, colourful career and continues to do so, running that business. And these, these guys have got great stories, but great energy, great charisma. The thing they've all got in common is they're just on 24-7. Yeah. They love it so much. I mean, they, yeah, the sort of advice in life is if you're not enjoying it, you're not sure, don't do it. You don't have to do anything in life. But if you can find the passion and the thing you love doing, then there's every chance it's going to go brilliantly for you because you'll never think of it as work. You'll be on it morning, noon, and night. When I'm doing my work you know, at night and I've got the laptop out or 
the brain's never really switched off or we're doing calls or we're planning stuff. Never really think of it as work. Yeah. Mm. There's moments here and there where we're budgeting for the next year or whatever. And yes, suddenly it's work. But in the main, yeah, it's 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 a business I care passionately about. So you don't really feel like you're putting in a hard shift even when you do, because you know you, you care about it so much and it's real pride for it. So so those sorts of guys, I always come away pretty energized from my meetings with them. Um, just because they've got the, the age they're all at and they're all approaching 70. They just have this boundless energy, this sort of youthful zest for life. I think you find anyone you come across in life that really loves what they're doing, that is really, their work is their passion point, have always got a kind of youthful, childish, almost outlook on the world yeah. because they love what they do. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I think a lot of people in the music industry, like even not the singers and the artists, they just love it. They're yeah. so passionate. Um, just to change topic a little bit and look at radio on a sort of macro perspective, where do you see the radio industry going in the next 5, 10, 15 years? Because obviously um, platforms like Spotify and iTunes are just intensely popular for people in our generation. Um, and people, like there's a lot of trends for younger people not driving cars as much. Um, so where do you see the industry heading? Yeah, well, if you go back a few decades, there was a song called Video Killed the Radio Star. So when MTV yeah. came out, apparently radio was going to be over. <laughs> and then, you know, the MP3 player and the CD in the car, you know, radio was going to be over and so on. So radio has survived pretty well and seems mm. to be thriving even in this period right now. I think that is about connection and communication. People still want the radio and listen in the numbers they pretty much always did, even though there's so many other choices. But yes, you know, what Spotify is offering us is leasing us. Not, not us owning, but leasing every song ever made, as opposed to our record collection that used to sit proudly in our living rooms or bedrooms. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the model has changed, and yes, there's more access to more things, but still people, people still crave that kind of connection. Mm. And, and it goes beyond sort of your news and your traffic of a day. It's the presenters, it's your city, okay. and, so, and so on. So within that, with yeah. Podcasting as well. Hey? What about with podcasting as well? Absolutely, but that's yes, yeah. Are you reading a book or listening to a podcast? You know, um, and often people have got music on in the background while they listen to a podcast. I mean, these things can be complementary. Equally, radio presenters also getting into podcasts, and Nova has you know, great success with, with podcasting for all our shows and other unique content that, that we make as well. I think it's more for radio than it's. It, well, it has to be careful. It's the habitual changes to listening. Yes, of course, if you're 18 to 24. We see across radio, not just our, our stations, and it's pretty global, you know, the sort of cum amount of people that tune into radio each week has stayed relatively stable and it's pretty high. And we're talking you know, 80 to 90%, depending on what territory you're looking at. It's one of the highest in this country. Share of listening was on the decrease over the last 10 years, which is how long people are listening. So life is busy. Things are different. Approach is different. You could be on in the car less, but on the, the train and the bus more, have the radio on through the app. There's, easier and more ways to listen to the smart speaker and so on. Um, but people do have more choice and you can go straight to your favorite song on Spotify. So if you're younger and you really want the new urban hit by Drake, or whatever, you're not going to wait for it to come on the radio. We, we get that as well. So radio's then got to keep reinventing itself with new reasons for you to listen. And that might be getting those artists to do red rooms, various other competitions, or some of the big personality shows you will come in for or like, or using it you know, at the time that it suits you in the car. So it might be more sporadic, as you find as you get older, um, the habits are still very strong in terms of radio listening hours. So save anything for radio 
and, and that decline sort of eased off about five years ago and has, has maintained the level for about 18 to 24 year old listening. And everything above that is pretty much as strong as it's always been. I don't think we must be mindful of, of course, what's happening to TV and much of it being washed away right now, of course, could happen to, to radio in the future. And that if, if people are consuming um, Spotify, paying for it, Netflix, paying for it, and bypassing commercials and all sorts of ads basically in their lives, at some point there'll be less of a tolerance also for ads on the radio in other areas. But certainly we, we have a lot of research that suggests you know, people are tolerant enough of, of the commercials and they understand the necessary evil and actually don't mind it. Um, so to, you know, to answer your question really, it, it's just that, it's probably the younger end is where it's changing as you get older and you get the stations that smooth, obviously targeting an audience you'd say 35 to 55. Yeah, radio listening hasn't moved in 30 or 40 years. Wow. That's interesting. That's yeah. probably something we haven't considered. I think like well, internet. I was gonna say, what were you saying? Uh, yeah, but be, be mindful as well. You know, a lot of people in their busy lives aren't, aren't go to Spotify and get a bit overwhelmed. Maybe they put a playlist mm -hmm. on for a bit, but over time there's no connection. But they want to hear the, what, what the four or five big new songs are. The ra radio curates that for you perfectly, introduces you to the right new ones. So it's where you'll find you know, today the new Sia song that's just out. But if you go to Spotify, it telling you up front there's a new Sia song or a new Ariana Grande, Lady Gaga song. We're all on Nova today. So in amongst all your kind of big favorite familiar songs, there they are. When, if you want new music, you've got to go to the bit with the, the new music Friday or you know, the new music category and work your way through to find that. A lot of people are much more passive than that. So they've yeah. got this thing they call kind of, kind of a lean in, lean out listener. And a lot of people are just sort of sitting back and being passive about the music that they actually want. So radio then curates that for you. And that's why when there are Apples and, and Spotify's doing easy hits and things that are not a million miles away from Smooth, Smooth still commands an absolutely huge audience because you know, we, we curate the music that they want with, with all those added sort of layers and that connection. Yeah, it's interesting that um, TV was thought to be overtaking radio and now TV's kind of, um, dying out a little bit and radio is still going. And I think on a more personal note, my brother actually wants to get into radio and all the time at fam family gatherings, everyone tells him, oh, like the radio is not going to be around anymore. The radio is not going to be around anymore. Um, <laughs> so I, I think it's, I'll let him know what you said. I think he'll be reassured. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a lot of timeless things about radio for sure. Yeah. Definitely. I'm pretty sure the radio is going to be around. I mean, you're, no, no, both Nova and Smooth are the top two cuming stations in Sydney. So Sydney's population is about 4.7 million, something yeah. like that. Both stations have over 1 million unique listeners each every week. Wow. Wow. Only two wow. stations are over a million. So it's sometimes it's sort of a, a joke for me and people I work with that the weekends we're driving around two leading radio stations. Therefore, you know, two out of every five cars in theory have Nova or Smooth on. Yeah, for us, it's, it's absolutely astonishing. Right. That's pretty radio, crazy. Radio yeah. listening's over 90% still. Every week, people are using it. Yeah. So, no, it's, it's a long way away from being dead, certainly. <laughs> is, um, is it, just a quick question. Um, what percentage of listening is done in cars, usually? Um, the, the, it, well, obviously, most of it's at breakfast and at drive time, and it can be as high as 60 or percent. Okay. I think the overall number for in-car listening over a week is about 35%, say. Oh, wow. What has, what has improved massively, because it was all about car, and we mustn't lose the car, and everything's in-car, in what has improved massively is, is at-home listening. One of the great benefits of the smart speaker, and if you have a smart speaker and you get the, the email every week from them saying, ask Alexa to say this, that, or the other, generally it's Alexa, 
play smooth, Alexa, play whatever radio station, Ooh, wow. whatever territory you're in, yeah? Um, and a lot of people use it, of course, for that. And you can extend that then, because Nova's got different offerings beyond the two core radio stations. We've got Smooth Relax as a channel as well. We've got, um, you know, make specific news bulletins across the day if you're not there to hear it on the hour. Um, and so there's lots of catch-up radio, effectively and podcasts for all our shows. So there's lots of areas beyond pure linear listening to the yeah. radio, lots of ways we can take advantage of this world, much as you, you, we have done and all the radio does across Facebook, Instagram, and on all socials. There's so many more ways to film, edit your show. So our drive show, Kate to Mamadi, and all their little competitions and nuggets all cut up, edited, and are on, on the socials during a day. So you might not listen to the, the drive show between three and six, but you might well connect with the show four or five times and hear lots of their bits of content. Yeah. So would you call yourself a listener or not? You're still a listener. You're still connecting. And, and we're still seeing you as someone in, that interacts with us. That's super interesting. Um, just to change the topic again. So at the moment in these sort of crazy times, a lot of young people, um, we're about to finish university, uh, go into the big bad world. And a lot of opportunities have sort of been diminished because so many businesses have gone out of business. People have lost yeah. jobs. and What's the sort of advice you would give to young people that are about to, like me and Sachin, about to bark, embark on a career um, and wanting greater success? What would you say to sort of younger university students? Well, for anybody, you're just going to be focused in life. And you've, got, you've got to know what you want to achieve it in the first place. If you're not quite sure when you go out there what it is you want to do, you're not, probably not going to make a success of anything. So in the good times or the bad times, you've got to be really focused and clear in your own mind about what you want to do. So until you get to that point, just try lots of different things and don't worry about it. Don't take it all too seriously. But when you do and you are focused, then you've just got to get in people's faces, not take no for an answer. And certainly yeah, I've had people working with us and maybe with it over a period of a couple of years, one of the other bosses comes in and says, you know, so-and-so really wants to be in programming or whatever. I, I never knew, you know, they really want to get on air. We never mentioned it here. Mm. So unless you're knocking down people's doors and getting in people's faces, and that many of the best people I work with are just that. That's, and that's, if you're in my position, looking for tomorrow's top producer, tomorrow's top presenter, whatever it might be, you know, you can't assume anyone else knows what you're thinking or what you want. And there's no harm in being pushy. Some of the, the best people I work with are the ones that kind of get in your face and email you too much. And it can be what you call slightly irritating at times, but in a, it's always in a good way, in a charming way, if you're, if we, you know, as we're looking for always for talented people. So whatever the business is you're in, you know, just don't take no for an answer. You, you've got to keep going. And if you, you know, when you look at the stories of so many successful people, and you've probably read the sort of Richard Brenson or, or Warren Buffett books over the years, these are all people that talk about rejection hundreds of times, yeah. but you're just looking for one people, one person to say yes somewhere along the way. Yeah. No. I, I sent out many radio tapes over the years and it was quite, quite, um, became quite a habit to receive the rejection letter as it was, you know, back in the day. Um, but you're only, you have to keep reminding yourself, we need one person to say yes. And not everyone's going to love what you do or you know, what you've got to offer or, be wanting you so a lot of things have got to come into alignment yeah so you, you just you've just got to keep believing no that's all that's awesome awesome advice and i think that just talking to you now your kind of work ethic and like passion for radio really comes across so i'd love to see what you're like in a boardroom kind of you know um getting the <laughs> gathering the troops um just a just another question um out of your very extensive career what have been some of your highlights apart from the smooth fm any um other kind of things that have stood out yeah i mean sure i mean gosh 
And obviously, yeah, Nova and Smooth is my Australian experience. And before that, working in the UK, we we're very proud of the, the work we did at Virgin Radio in the UK and time there and the shows that we launched and presented. In fact, I hired a guy called Christian O'Connell, who's since come out to Australia too and does the, the show for a station called Gold in Melbourne. And so you're know, working with the talent over the years, developing them, their shows, putting teams together on air, um, both here and back in the UK. So it's sort of the thing that, you know, that you get most proud of, seeing other people you know, through sort of your own vision and ideas become successful as well. Um, so Virgin made a great journey for a number of years. I was very proud as well of some of the earlier jobs where it's more seat of the pants stuff. You know, I was reading two or three books a night, different types of business books and so on, trying to learn stuff because in my mid-20s, I didn't really know anything. You think you do, but you don't. Yeah. And you suddenly you're managing people, yeah. I was managing people that were much older than me in terms of radio going, well, who, who are you to tell me? Yeah. So I, I was proud of that time of the station called BRMB in Birmingham that yeah, a great group of people worked in, all went on to do national things and be really successful. And yeah, we, we really then, without overthinking it, you can look back and have a perspective. But at the time, we didn't realize we were taking one crazy risk after another. And if it felt yeah. like a great idea, you know, we did it. So there was so much enthusiasm and passion. We were so tight and together as a team and all those people are still in touch. Um, and so that was a very special time. Really cool. And that, yeah. Really cool stuff. Um, so as we're just finishing up here, um, that was awesome advice, by the way. What, what's the one thing that you would want to leave with listeners? Just one small distilled message. Um, there's so many. I don't need to distill this down to something. You know, don't ever worry about what other people think of you. or Because we spend too much time in life worrying about, you know, people that might think this if I approach them. I might think that. What you'll learn over time is that no one, no one is thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves yeah. as you get older. You're, that, that's what you realize. You know, they're never thinking about you at all. So I, I just always be prepared to put yourself out there and don't worry. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was awesome. Um, Very helpful. Yeah. Thank you so much, Paul, for your time. Yeah. It's my pleasure. <laughs> that's super interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. to dive into the radio industry. Now make sure both of you tune into Nova 96.9. Oh, yeah. yeah. 95.3. A, a, a last question for you. You know how in most cars you kind of have six presets of radios put in? Is yours yeah, just yeah. Nova Smooth, Nova Smooth, Nova Smooth, and all well, six? I made, that, I made that the kids' cars. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not paying for cars for my children. They don't listen to our stations. Yeah. And uh, mine, well, you know, I know I go up and down the dial. To be fair, I've got all the radio stations in. Okay. predominantly usually i just focus on listening to our, our own ones when i've yep. got the time because if you know worry about our own products not about what anybody else is doing it's another good piece of business advice don't worry about what other people are doing because yep. suddenly you go shit they're they're quite close to us they're playing some of our, what we call our music you know what is our position so you can get freaked out and you can sort of lose your way with that sort of thinking so no just keep keep to keep to our own and in business keep to your own as long as you're doing your job brilliantly you're focused and you're super serving your audience it'll all be okay nice <laughs> awesome. all, right. all right thank Thanks you very that, much Paul. that was great all right guys thank you pleasure to do thank you for inviting me yeah